This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we are in a, in a series on love. Amen. I don't know if you noticed that or not. And uh, this is, you know, with Valentine's and everything like that. This is a love month. Amen. And so we've been focused on uh, relationships. Glory to God. And relationships is, is really the key to our walk with God. Amen. And we know this, that, um, that God is, is a relational God. Amen. And, uh, and so we don't want to do our relationships. We don't want to walk in love the way the world walks in love. We want to do it God's way. Amen. And so that's the reason why you're here this morning to learn more about God and his word and how to become more like the Lord. Amen. And so in Romans 12 two, uh, we've been Focusing on this scripture for the for the main verse for the uh, for the series, and uh, in Romans twelve two, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, "Don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect." So I'm going to say this that that when we get saved and we got some new people that are saved. Amen. And, uh, and, and when we get saved, we're baby Christians. But, you know, in our salvation walk, um, we have to grow in Christ. And there's a process. So it's not always easy um, when, you, when you get the Lord in your life. It's a, it's a process of changing the way you think. Amen. And so we have to we have to change the way we think. And if you think better, you'll live better. Amen. If you think better, if you think godly, you will live godly. Amen. And so so this is saying here that 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 we don't want to copy the way the world does things, but we want to do things the way God wants us to do things. And the title of my message is love is the power of godly influence. So so love, the power of godly influence. So so really. Um, in this in this walk in Christ, uh, God wants us to be people of influence. In other words, we are always influencing somebody. Amen. I'm telling you, you know, you got people on faith. How many people have a Facebook account in here? Amen. An Instagram account in here and all that. And, and so when you post something on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever the social outlet, you are influencing somebody. Amen. Amen. And so really what we want to do is we want to influence people for God. We want to try to bring people closer to God. We don't want to move people further away from God. Amen. And so and so that's what we want to do. We want to be people of influence. And sometimes I have a Facebook account and sometimes I I have a scripture and I'll put that on the Facebook account. People get it and they receive it and they give me a thumbs up and I'm like, cool, you know. And uh, and so but but if a scripture impacts me, I want to influence people. My goal is to influence you to get closer to God. That's my goal, because the world is set up. To bring us further away from God. The world is set up. And the way the world is set up. It, it's, it's, the, it's the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh. And the boastful pride of life. The world will try to take us away from godliness. You know. It, you know there's always a constant fight. In, in our walk with Christ. There's lawlessness. Versus righteousness. Amen. 
right? Lawlessness is living for yourself, cutting God out of your life, not walking under the, the, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And righteousness is walking under God. Amen. And it, there's a constant pull because the enemy's trying to always try to get us doing our own thing. Right. But we got to do God's thing. If you want to be blessed. Amen. So lawlessness and righteousness is always working against uh, each other. So so we learn in our series uh, uh, a little bit about God and and God is a relational God and and God uh, is a good God. We found that out. And you got to get a revelation that God is good and the devil is bad, like I mentioned in the first service or the first series. And uh, in Psalms 145, we want to take on God's character and in Psalms 145, uh, God's character is this, uh, verses 8 and 9. It says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. So we see that God is gracious, He's full of compassion, He's slow to anger, and He's great in mercy. And so that's His character, but we need to be people like that as well. We need to be gracious people. Hello, am I talking to anybody? We need to be compassionate people. Am I talking to anybody today? We need to be people that are slow to anger. Hello, am I talking to anybody today? We need to be people uh, uh, that's great in mercy, that we let bygones be bygones, that we're not holding on to, to hurts, and we're not holding on to things that people have done to us, that we're not keeping those things in us, we're, we're letting things go. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? How many people have a problem with letting things go? No, I won't get you to raise your hand on that. But uh, if you do, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to let things go. I was talking to my mom and, uh, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, anybody ever read the love chapter? It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's the agape love of God, right? And it's almost like impossible to maintain. It is if you're trying to do it in, in the natural but if you allow the Holy Spirit to help you, you can walk in the love of God. Amen. And so the love of God is that that love hardly notices a suffered wrong. And I was talking to my mom about it. She said, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one. When somebody does you wrong, you know, you, it, it's, it, it's hard not to think about that. Because every time you think about that person, you think about what they did. Right. And so it brings up feelings of animosity. Right. And so we got these feelings that, and, and, and if you have feelings of hurt towards people, then you haven't let it go yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You're still holding on to some offenses that can hurt you down the road. You say, how can that hurt me? Because we're not supposed to be holding anything against anybody. The Bible says, you know, oh, no one anything but to loathe them. No, to love them. Right? Oh, nobody, oh, nobody, anything but to love them. So it is really, it is the, the key reason why we're saved is to love God and to love people. Say, I love God. I love people. I was talking to my daughter about that. I said, I said, uh, and I was working on my sermon last night. And she said, I said, do you, I said, uh, Christina, you need to love everybody. She said, I don't. I don't. I said, who you don't love? I said, who do you not love? And she started giving me some list of names of people that she, that she didn't particularly like. 
Amen. And, uh, and I said, I said, yeah, but you may not like their personality. You know, we may not, we and I may not care for people's personalities. Amen. Some people's personalities just, just rub us the wrong way. Like, like when you rub a cat's fur, the rub wet, you know, you, you get your fur rubbed the wrong way. Amen. But you still need to love them because why? They're created in the image of God. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and that God loves them. And I remember that there was a lady in church that I, this was years ago when I was in the congregation. I wasn't a uh, pastor at that time, but this lady just got on my nerves. Every time, you know, she would do things that would just get on my nerves, you know. And then, and then the Lord revealed to me that she had a gift. And, and, that, and, and she really became a real blessing in the church and a real blessing to me. But, but, she, but God, God basically was saying, look past some of those things some of those things, and look at the good in what she does. Amen? And, and I saw something in her that she had a mercy gift. And I said, wow, she's, I, that's something that I lack, <laughs> is a mercy gift. In other words, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of a, a prophet-type minister. And I just tell you, this is what you need to do. Get it done, right? And, but some people have that mercy. No, 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 you gotta, you have that, you got to add a little mercy in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But some of us, we don't want to add any mercy. Just get it done, you know? And, you know, that's kind of like a prophet's ministry. Yeah. So I have a prophetic bent on my, in, in how I preach. I, I just preach it like it is. Amen. And so, and so, but you do have to add love to it. Amen. You have to have love. Even when you're correcting people, you have to bring in love to the correction. Bring your weakness in when you're trying to bring correction. Hey, I know I don't always do it right. Amen. But, 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 but you need to bring in your weakness and then you can freely correct. The Bible talks about when, when you're bringing correction to somebody, you're trying to tell somebody like it is, first you got to take the moat out of your own eye. Right? Jesus said, you know, you, there's some things you got problems with. What? What? I got problems? Yeah, you might have a, some issues. Oh, well, see, the problem is we see ourselves, you know, uh, you know, better than what we really are a lot of times. Amen. And, and, and then it takes God's word to reveal where we're at. Amen. And so and so God is a relational God and he wants us to be relational people. Mm, I'm talking today. In other words, it's not just you and God. I'm preaching today. It's not just, well, it's me, God, and the Bible, and that's all I need. No, you need more than just you and God. You need people around you. You need a pastor to speak into your life. You need to be submitted to a church. And when you're submitted to church, you're not just submitted to the leadership of the pastor. You're submitted to one another in the love of Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so what's happening is people are getting offended and they're leaving church. People are getting offended and, 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 they're, and they're not coming back to church and, and they think all they need is God and all they need is just love God and read their Bible and, 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 and be nice as much as they can. But no, no, you got to love the body. If you, don't, if you don't love the body, then your love for God is very shallow. If you don't love people that are unlovely, even in the church, then your love for God is very shallow. I'm preaching today. So you got to learn to love. I know you may say, well, I'm a shy person. I'm just a a person that's, yeah, but get out of that shyness. 
you know, start shaking hands and talking to people and break out of that shyness, amen, and, and, and start revealing love to people. And, and it, it's amazing because relationship is the, is the glue that keeps the church together. You know, I think, you know, uh, Tony said, we need to go bowling. And I'm thinking, maybe we need to do a once a month bowling thing, bowling for Jesus. Uh, maybe on a Sunday, glory to God. Amen. And Tony will be taking care of the bill. Amen. And uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kidding. But, uh, but Tony is saying, we need to go bowling. I said, yeah, that would be fun. How many people would like to go bowling in here? Everybody's raising their hand. Tony, do you see all that? So uh, we're going to have to have a, a bowling Sunday, maybe one Sunday a month. We used to do it. And so let's, 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 let's work that out. You want to try to do something like that? It's, it's half price on Sunday. And so we could possibly do a Sunday. And then instead of going out to eat to Burger King afterwards, uh, praise the Lord of McDonald's, you can go to the bowling alley and have greasy hamburgers and french fries over there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we're going to look into that. Maybe we'll do that once a month, do some bowling. Amen. Of course, I hear Tony's bowling like two hundreds these days. So don't expect to win against Tony. Amen. I'm telling you. Oh, that's five games put together. He's being humble. He's being humble. Amen. And so we're talking about love this morning and we're talking about relationships and God is a relational God. And we know in the old covenant, it was based on rules and it was based on the law and it was very hard and cut and dry. You did something wrong. Then, you know, yes, there was a sacrifice system. Thank God that God had a sacrifice system that if you sin, you could you could provide an animal uh, for the sacrifice of your sin and that blood would cover your sin. But it wouldn't remove it. But in, in the relationship that we have with God in the new covenant, we don't, only, we don't only have our sins covered over. We have our sins wiped away. I'm going to say it again. That, that your sins, your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the price for you to walk in total forgiveness and that, that you can receive total forgiveness from the Father so that we can have a relationship with God. And I love this in Hebrews 8, 10, and 12. He says, and this is talking about the new covenant. Now, this is taken out of the Old Testament, but God was re- revealing what he was going to do when Jesus came so, so that we could have a relationship with the Father. You know, I'm going to say this. That the relationship that, that Jesus had with the Heavenly Father, that he has with the Heavenly Father, we can have that same relationship. Amen. Can I say that again? The relationship, that, that, that oneness that Jesus has with the Father, we can have oneness with the Father as well. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Jesus wants us to have that same relationship that he has with the Father and that he had with his disciples. And we can have that same relationship. Nothing's blocking that because our sin's been removed. So there's no blockage. So we have total full throttle relationship. Is that amazing? You just got to believe your sins are forgiven. Mm, I'm preaching today. You got to accept that you're forgiven of God. You got to accept that you have a clean slate. That, that your past cannot hold you back from your future. You have to receive the forgiveness. Say, I, I receive the forgiveness of God. Amen. You have to receive that. Then you're not working 
to, for, to please God. You're not working. For, no, no. Faith, uh, it, it's by grace that we're saved, not of works. Amen. So we're not working for our relationship. Amen. Trying to appease God. Amen. No, no. God is already pleased with us because we receive Christ. Are you receiving something this morning? Amen. Say, my sins are forgiven. Amen. You've got to get a revelation of that. When you get a revelation of that, you're going to be free and it's going to help you walk in forgiveness to others. Because once you realize God's not holding anything against you, then you don't need to be holding anything against anybody else. So we see in Hebrews 8, 10, it says, uh, 10 through, uh, Hebrews 8, verses 10 through 12, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord it says, Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Notice that's connected. Notice how beautiful that is. He's saying, I'm going to be your God. I'm, I'm going to be not only is God your God, but he's your heavenly father. He's your gracious, loving, heavenly father. So, so, so he becomes our gracious, heavenly father when we receive Christ and our sins are purged. Think about that. So get the revelation that you are forgiven and that you have a relationship with God because of the blood of Jesus, not because of how good you are or how, how perfect you keep the Ten Commandments. No, it's how good God is. Amen. And that we, and we, and we develop that relation with God uh, through the understanding that we're forgiven. Amen. And then we know this, that Jesus was all, he's relational. Now, I'm trying to focus this, this morning that, that we need to be relational people. We need to be relational people. Jesus built relationships with his disciples for three years. And guess what happened? His disciples, except for Judas, his disciples, uh, they followed Jesus all the way to the point where, where 11 of them were martyred. They died for their faith. Why? Because, because relationship is the glue that holds you in to the kingdom of God. Think about that. They were willing to die. Be why? Because they saw Jesus' love. They emulated Jesus. And they said, I'm going to die for my faith. And so really, what, what we need to be at a point. It's not, you need to be at a point, And I heard one minister say, say it this way. It's, it's not getting to a point of faith where I can really live for God because of this. No, you've got to get in a point of your faith. I'm willing to die for God for anything. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we say, I'm willing to live for God now since he's blessed me. No, no, you need to be saying, I'm willing to die for God no matter what goes down the pike. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So Jesus built relationships with his, with his disciples. He was building relationships with them. And I love that. And I love what it says in Revelation 3.20. It says here, look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. This is New Living Translation. And I will share a meal together as friends. 
Think about that. Uh, in, the New, in the King James, it says, I will sup with you. So what, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I'm knocking on your door. And when you're sitting down at dinner, normally you're, 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 t- talk, you're having communication. You're having a fellowship time. Amen? So, so normally, you know, dinner is a time that you fellowship. Jesus was very relational, and he, and he spent time eating with his disciples. Remember when, when uh, uh, Peter said, I'm going back fishing. You know, he was, you know, even though he saw the risen Jesus, and he was feeling bad about, you know, uh, denying Jesus three times. And remember that, that he, they were in the boat, and they were fishing all night, and they caught nothing, and they were in the boat, and then they saw a man that was on the, on the beach, and he was cooking some, some, some lunch or some breakfast. And, and, then, and then John says, I think that's Jesus. And Peter said, that's Jesus. And he, started, he got out of the boat and, and, started, and, and started swimming over. And, and, and he ran to Jesus. And, and that's when Jesus and Peter met. And, and that's when, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, do you love me? And, and, and Peter says, I love you. And he had him say it three times. Do you really love me, Peter? And he said, I really love you, God. And he said, do you really, really love me? And he said, you know all things, Peter says. You know I love you. And he kept saying, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my people. Why? Because love is all about connecting with one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's we feed one another. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so don't get to a place in your life where, where you don't think you need anybody. We need each other. Glory to God. And we, and we un- need to understand that we, need, we have a relationship with Jesus, but we can have a relationship uh, with God, the Father, and with each other. Amen? Amazing relationships. And so we talked about that, that amazing love is also that God is committed to us. Amen? That, and we need to be committed to God. We need to be committed to our spouse. And we talked about that. And I love Psalms 89.34. says it this way, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So, so God, God is not a covenant breaker. God keeps his covenant, the Bible says. So, so he keeps his covenant, what, with us. He kept his covenant. Jesus kept the walk with God. He, he didn't give up. He didn't throw in a towel. You know, in, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus could have called a legion of angels. He could have, but he didn't. He allowed the soldiers to take him. He allowed his, he, he, he laid down his life willingly. Why? So that we could have that relationship with the Father like he has that relationship with the Father. He laid down his life willingly to remove the breach of sin from us so that we could connect with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we need to understand the agape love of God and that God is committed. In commitment, in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says this way, love Never gives up. New Living Translation. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. Endures through every circumstance. So love never gives up. I'm going to say this to you this morning. God's not giving up on you. No matter what you're going through. No matter what problems you have. No matter what mistakes you made this week. God's not giving up on you. In other words, he's staying with you. He's going to help you. He's going to help you move forward in this walk 
of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. So, so same as with God, he never gives up. We never give up. I'm preaching today. In other words, you know, if God is in you and he doesn't give up and he's the mighty conqueror, then if he's living in you, the Bible talks about that God lives in us, right? God lives in us. Jesus is in us, the hope of glory. And if Jesus is in us then, and, and he's the mighty conqueror, then in a sense, you're a mighty conqueror. If you allow Jesus to conquer through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you're going to be conquering. What are you going to conquer? You're going to, you're going to, conquer, uh, you're going to conquer in your life uh, the blessings. You're going to walk in the blessing of God. You're going to overcome in the areas of, of whatever's ailing you. You're going to be triumphant over those things. Amen? And so, and so we continue to see this in Galatians. It says, because we don't give up. It says in Galatians 6, 9 and 10, New Living Translation, so let not get tired of of doing good. Amen. Let us not get tired of doing good. Just at the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those that are in the household of faith. Amen. Uh, the, the, The third week, we talked about the power of communication. And God is a community. He's a God of communication. In other words, God is always talking to us. He's talking to you today through me. And so when I say something that 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 kind of goes off in you, that's God speaking to you. He talks to you through his word. That's right. When you read the Bible, uh, that that his word is he's speaking to us through his word. Amen. So 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 your Bible is God talking to you. That's the reason why you need to be opening your Bible. Let God talk to you every day. Let his word speak to you. Let his word transform you. And so, and so we need to get a revelation that God is a, he, he's, he's a God of communication. He's a God of relationship. I remember uh, uh, that I was in, in uh, Bible school and I was single at the time. And, uh, and so I was in Bible school and the first year in Bible school, I, I, uh, I didn't go back to uh, Virginia Beach. I didn't go, uh, I didn't have Christmas and that was probably my first Christmas. I didn't celebrate my, with my family, with my parents. And, uh, and so, and then, then the second year was coming up in Bible school. I had two years in Bible school. And, uh, and uh, I remember my roommate said, he's going out. He said, are you going to go see your family and all that? I said, no. I said, I work, you know, retail. It's going to be too hard to get off. And uh, I don't think so. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I had other people that I knew that was going back home uh, for, for a Christmas break. And I was sitting in class, and I've given this story before, but I was sitting in class because I'm focusing on God's relational. And I'm sitting in the class, and the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me, and he says, why don't you want to go back home? And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm just trying to listen to the teacher. And the Holy Spirit saying, why don't you? I mean, just ask me a question. That's the Lord speaking to me. Why don't you want to go home? And I thought, uh, because it's going to be a hassle. <laughs> it's just going to be a lot of work. I'm going to have to fly out. You know, I'm going to try to get off time and I'm in retail and this is the busiest time of the year. And, uh, and, and financially, you know, it, it would, uh, you know, I, I don't really have the finances. And, uh, and the, and I said, I basically said to the Lord, I said, I don't see how I, I'm going to really be blessed out of it. It's just gonna be a lot of sacrifice. And then the Holy Spirit said, you don't go to get blessed. You go to be a blessing. And I like what? He said, "You don't go." Sometimes we we have in our mind's eye 
as church people, I'm going to come in and get my blessing. But really, are you coming in to, instead of just getting a blessing, are you going to be a blessing? Mm, I'm preaching today. And so he said, you don't go to get, you don't go over there back home to get a blessing. You go to be a blessing. I said, oh man, that's radical. I said, that's radical love. Amen. That's like, that's like giving, you know? And uh, I said, okay. I said, Lord, if you provide the finances, I'll go. You know, I, I went ahead and threw, the, you know, threw that out there. And money came in through a check, through an un- a source, it was, it was an insurance check that came in. You know, I'm like, what? This money came in. It was like, and that dog, now I got to go. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I got, I got that money. And, uh, and, then, and then the Holy Spirit just it showed me, you know, that I like to surprise people. I like surprises. And the Holy Spirit gave me the idea to surprise my mom and dad and act like I wasn't coming out, but show up on Christmas Surprise! So I called my brother John and said, I'm coming out stealth. Uh, nobody knows. And so I came out that day uh, and I, I, I got up early Christmas morning, uh, six o'clock in the morning. I was there like around 11 o'clock. My mom normally has Christmas and everybody comes over around 12. And I got there and I remember when I got there, my dad answered the door and he didn't, he didn't expect to see me. I said, Merry Christmas, Dad. And then mom was cooking and then she, she, uh, she I, I was at the door, you know, of the kitchen and she turned around, saw me and said, Merry Christmas. She started crying. And it was almost like, you know, it was like the whole hassle, all the problem. And it was like, see, I, you know, even though I didn't go to get blessed, I got blessed because I impacted you know, my influence of being there, showing that I, I paid a price to get there. <laughs> I did pay a price, but, but it was worth it. It was all worth it that for me to, to, to sacrifice. And I'm telling you, uh, the, the sacrifice is never greater than the blessing that God's going to give us for serving him. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching to somebody today. The blessing, you know, that, that God's going to give us is greater than the sacrifice that we pay at times. We think we're paying a sacrifice. Oh, I'm paying a sacrifice getting up and going to church on Sunday morning. That's, that's not really a sacrifice. Really a sacrifice if we were meeting, you know, in a church like in an underground church where we could be killed for meeting. That could be a sacrifice. This is not a sacrifice. Some people think, wow, going to church, is a it's not a sacrifice. It's a blessing that we're still in a free country. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so we need to get we need to get a revelation of that. And so we need to be community. We need to be people of communication. I talk about this. That, that loose lips sink ships. So our words are powerful. So, so really, James says it this way in James 1.26, because in communication, you have to talk. <laughs> yes, you can do sign language and all that. But, uh, but it says in James 1.26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein, this is NIV, on their tongue, deceives themselves and their religion is worthless. So what he's saying is that our religion, our relationship with God has everything to do with the words that come out of our mouths. Oh man, are you hearing what I'm saying? What are you saying? What are you saying about the Lord? What are you saying about other people? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are, are your words, are your words gracious? Are your, are, is what coming out of your mouth good things or is it evil things? 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So he, James is saying here that, that if you consider yourself a spiritual person, you, you, you keep a tight lid on your lips. Amen. You, 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 you're, you're, you're very careful in what you say and how you say it. And in Psalms 109, 17, it says, He who loves cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. So, so here, this is a spiritual principle. If you're cursing, we, 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 we think of cussing. But it's more than that is, is that when we're speaking negative or saying things aren't working out, it's, everything's falling apart. Don't talk like that. God is working things out. Even though things may not look good, don't focus on speaking the negative. Focus on speaking life. Don't, don't speak death. Don't curse your situation. No, God is doing something powerful. So, so love is the power of influence. Amen. We need to be influential. So what keeps us from being influential? Uh, offense. Offense keeps us from being influential. Uh, hurt feelings causes us to, to keep us from moving forward in us developing relationships with other people. In Luke 17, 1, uh, Jesus said this in the end times. He said that, that he's talking to his disciples. He, he, he says in Luke 17, verse 1, he says, It's impossible that no offenses will come, but woe to him to whom they come. So, so he's saying that it's almost impossible not to get offended in this life. In other words, there's going to be always opportunities to get hurt. There's going to be always, am I talking to anybody today? There's going to always be opportunities for us to get offended. Uh, uh, hurt is, is bringing it down a little lower. There's going to be always opportunities. Joseph could have kept an offense with his brothers. Joseph was a man in the Bible. We all, we probably know the story. Joseph had, had, had brothers that threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, right? And, and, and really wanted to kill him, right? Because he had visions that he was going to be, you know, a, a leader and God was going to use him in a mighty way. And, and so his brothers sold him into slavery. And then, of course, Joseph, through the process, became, you know, the prime minister of Egypt, one of the most powerful men on the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And he had the power. He could just snap his finger and somebody could be dead. Joseph had that kind of power. Joseph had the power. He could, he could, he could, he could just say, I want them executed. That's how much power that he had. And so, and so his brothers knew that. And so his brothers knew that Joseph wasn't going to do anything against them Why? Joseph's dad was living. But once Joseph's dad passed away, they got nervous. Because we, they knew that Joseph was going to be cool because he didn't want the dad, the father, upset. But here in Genesis 50, 19 through 21, it says, but Joseph, and they came to Joseph and they were begging him, don't, don't, you know, don't hurt us. And, uh, or, or please forgive us. And, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm. You, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he re reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So we see here that, that Joseph, that one of the keys to his success was he didn't harbor ill will. He didn't harbor bitterness. 
He just let bygones be bygones. He didn't let it get in him. And he said, you know, well, God worked it out. Whatever people are doing and they might be hurting us, God's going to work it out. If you trust God. God will work it out for your good. So what, a lot of times what we do when we get hurt, we, we, we come up to a point where we get in this attitude that we must protect ourselves from being hurt. And that's the reason why people leave church because they get hurt in church. And they say, I'm never going to darken a door of a church again. Those people hurt me. The pastor hurt me, whatever. And so they let hurt keep them from having relationships. They build walls, and we don't want to build walls to keep people out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Number two, we, we, we believe when we're walking with a chip on our shoulder or when we have an offense, we believe that we must benefit from every relationship. If the relationship doesn't have anything to give us, we're not going to create that relationship. And I'm going to say this. There's going to be relationships that you have that, that you're going to have to pour into these people's lives. They may not have anything to give you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They might not have, there may not be any benefits. Amen. Uh, you know, we had a young lady that got saved uh, a couple weeks in the church. And uh, I think it was Letty said, hey, I, uh, she, she didn't have a car. And Letty said, if we can find her address, I'll pick her up. You know, and that, and that is a selfless way of thinking about it. In other words, she couldn't add anything to Letty, but Letty was willing to give up her gas, her time, her effort. We're going to try to find her address and, and pick her up. That's what, that's what we're, I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about that every relationship we have doesn't mean you're going to gain from it. Oh, man. Oh, man. See, the world develops relationships, and the only reason why they, de- a lot of the reason why the world develops relationships because they're, they're trying to get something out of that relationship. And if, they're, if they can't get anything, forget you. Right? Isn't that the world of the world? Wait, but as Christians, we're not trying to get something and, and trying to extort somebody, trying to get something out of somebody. That's what happened to me one time. I was at Ramah and uh, talking about a fence. Man, i got to close this down. I was at Raymond, and, and I was brand new. I, I, was, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was in debt. I didn't have a lot of money. And, um, and so, but this, this guy that was a second-year student befriended me. And he, he befriended me, and then he started talking to me that he needed money uh, for tuition for the following uh, year, that he was low on money and all that. And, um, and then he finally, he, he got some money out of me. I gave some money to him. And after I gave it to him, uh, it's almost like I got this revelation that, that he befriended me for my money. Are you here? Have you ever been there? And I felt like, man, I think the guy used me. And, and he did. He, he, he used me. And I, and I confronted him. The Bible says if you feel like you've been uh, taken advantage of by a person or a brother in church, the, Jesus actually says you need to go to that person and you need to let them know and then you need to try to get it reconciled. And so I went to him. I said, man, you, you used me, man. You, you, you used me for the, uh, and, I, and I didn't have a lot of money. And, and he said, yeah, but the Bible, he said, forgive me, brother. The Bible says you have to forgive me. <laughs> the Bible says you got it. He was a second year student. How many students did he befriended to try to pull money out of? 
so that that he can, you know. And I was I was upset. I was angry that I was I was. Have you ever been Have you ever been used? Has anybody in the house today ever been used? I'm talking about they they played you. Have you ever been played? Uh, if I'm talking to anybody, can can I get a raise of everybody's hand in here? We've been played, man. And 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 what's terrible is when you find out that you've been played. Like, oh my God, I just got played. You know what I'm saying? Are you here? The revelation came to you. I got played. My he played me, and it was it wasn't a lot of money, but for me at that time, and I was struggling. I was in debt. I was struggling. At that time, it was a lot of money. And so I was so upset about it. And I harbored that ill will bitterness for, for a few years. Years. And I remember that I went to the, to, to the Bible meeting. It was, it, they would have meetings once a year called Winter Bible Seminar. And I went, I remember one year I went and I kept, and, 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 and he was already graduated. I was already graduated from school. And I was in the middle. And, and, I, and he, I kept bumping into him. I'm like, what is going on? It was over a thousand people there, and I keep bumping into this guy. I mean, over a thousand people. I mean, the the, the odds of me bumping into this guy is like over a thousand people in the you know, couple thousand people in in the meeting, and I I keep bumping. And finally, he came to me and. And he, he said that God dealt with him with some things. He had a heart attack and he had some hard times because he sowed some bad seed. Amen. And you know what? The, Jesus actually says, if you are offending people, uh, woe to you. He says that. In other words, we don't want to be, we don't want to be, we hate being the offendee, but you definitely don't want to be the offender. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we, we, we must, you know, uh, we must develop, you know, uh, allow God to, to heal our hearts so we can open up and start developing relationships with other people. We also come into a point where we've been hurt that we want to control relationships. We want to control people. And God doesn't want us controlling people. You can't control people. I like to say it this way. If you don't, if you don't want to be offended, don't expect a lot out of people. It's what it is. We start expecting people to act right. And when they don't act right, we get offended. No, if you don't expect a lot, then you're going to get offended less. Amen. In other words, if you come to church, don't expect a lot out of the message. So if you get something, then, then you're going to be cool. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, and don't be don't be a person that you got to win in every relationship that that you got to come on top on every relationship. Amen. So we got to get that revelation that 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 being offended, keeping offense in us will keep us from building authentic relationships. I really believe it'll hurt our relationship with God and it will hurt our relationship with other people. You know, people will disappoint us and you got to make allowances for people uh, uh, husbands, your spouse, your, your wife may disappoint you. Uh, we're cooking a bad dinner. No, I'm kidding. But uh, 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 husbands, you're, <laughs> the husband says, I cook. Well, then the ladies might be offended with you cooking a bad dinner. But, but, but you got to allow. Yeah, I think Tony's a cook in the family. And, and you got you to gotta, you gotta allow for disappointments in a relationship. 
People will, dis- your children will disappoint you at times. Uh, your friends may disappoint you at times. You got to allow for disappointments, amen? When, when Peter uh, and, and Jesus, when Peter was on the boat and Jesus was walking on the water one day, he was walking towards the boat. Jesus said, if that be you, come out, uh, let me come out on the water with you. Jesus said, it's me, come, Peter. And Peter walked on the water. And then Peter, you know, started, you know, looking at the waves and the wind and he started sinking. And then, uh, uh, of course, Jesus grabbed his hand and they were immediately on the boat. And Jesus said, why did you doubt, Peter? So, so it seemed as if, see, see, one thing that Jesus did not tolerate was faithlessness. Jesus was all about faith. And, he, and, and, and doubt, you will do without, right? And so, and so, so Peter doubted. You know, the, the power of Jesus. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? That was a place where Jesus could have been disappointed with Peter. But you've got to make an allowance. We know that, that, that Jesus kept his relationship with Peter, even though that happened. Amen. People make mistakes. And, and in Matthew 16, 21 to 23, uh, it says here, From this time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not, you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So we see here that Peter was trying to discourage Jesus from going to the cross. But do you notice what Jesus did? He didn't focus on, Jesus, uh, on Peter's personality, or it was Peter. He focused on, on Satan influencing Peter. Now, now let, me, let me get this right. Jesus really wasn't, wasn't rebuking Peter in a sense. He was rebuking that spirit that Peter was yielding to. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you today that, that we don't need to get so upset with people. We need to get upset with the devil that's working through people. We don't need to get upset with the people because, because people will be used of the devil. They'll be like pawns used of the devil. Amen? They, they will be like puppets of the devil. But don't get so upset with people. Get upset with the devil that's controlling the people. And that's the reason why the Bible says that we can bind the strong man, pray, bind that spirit that's moving through them that's trying to attack us. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Don't get mad at the person. Get mad at the devil. Don't let the devil get you hating on the person. No, no, we, need, we don't need to despise people. We need to despise evil. We need to despise the devil. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? People, you got to realize people make mistakes at times. Amen. People will disappoint you. People will make mistakes at times. I'm talking about uh, making allowances. And people are selfish at times. Are people selfish? People can be selfish. Amen. We all can be selfish. Amen. And we know this, that, that when Peter, uh, when, when uh, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was about ready to be taken into custody by the soldiers. He was, he was, he was in great agony and he was praying and he was dealing with going to the cross and he needed the support of three of his, his greatest disciples, his supporters, James, John, and Peter. And he asked them, hey guys, I really need you in this time. I, I really need your help because I'm really in a place where I'm suffering 
The Bible says he was in such stress that he was as he was sweating as drops of blood coming off him. He was in a place of complete where he was dealing with going to the cross. And he asked his disciples. And, and so as, as they came with him and he sat and he started praying, he looked back and they were snoring. They were sleeping. They were, they were crashing out. They, they didn't even hang out with him. They could he fell asleep. Right on him. And so people will be selfish at times. People will abandon us. Every relationship, uh, we can't keep every relationship. I'm telling you, there are going to be relationships, there's going to be seasonal people in our lives. And, and you can't expect a person to stay in your life all your life. There, there might be seasons. And you can be the nicest person to another person. You can give your life to people. But they may not all stay. They may, as a pastor, i got to realize that. I may give my blood, sweat, and tears to you guys. There might still some people say, I'm out. I'm out of here. I, I, don't, I can't keep you here. I, you know, only God can keep you here. And I, can't, and I can't take an offense if you leave. As a pastor, we hate people leaving. We don't want people leaving, amen? And so sometimes we can take it personally, amen? And so, but, but really, the enemy, what he's trying to do is, we need to understand this, the devil is constantly trying to divide us and people will abandon us. People won't stay, there's some people that won't stay with us. They didn't stay with Jesus, they left Jesus and they will and they can leave us too. And, and realize this, that, 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 that you got to give allowances for people to stay in your life and to people and, and to release people out of your lives. Did you receive it today? Yeah. Amen. I believe you receive it today. Amen. I, I got a couple more points here and I'm going to let me just just get a couple more points out. We, we, if we're going to be people of influence, we need to focus on blessing others and not blessing ourselves. It, in Philippians, said, let each of you, Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look out only not for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So we got to be, we got to have an attitude, not just for ourselves, but for others. If we're going to be influential people, we need to focus on the positive of people and not the negative. It says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In other words, we need to understand that people have weaknesses and so do we. Amen. Uh, we need to understand that and we need to be kind to people. If we're going to be influential people, we need to focus on people's potential and not their problems. In other words, I'm saying this to you. Some of you, when you came here, some of you have been here for years. And some of you, when you came in here, I was like, I'm not too sure, Lord, if they're going to make it. Some of you came in and I'm not too sure if that person made. And then you guys came and you guys kept coming out. Some of you were in and out, in and out, in and out, not coming. And, and finally you start coming, coming. Now you get part of the church. I was thinking, wow, my God, they're becoming amazing Christians. Amen. And you'll be surprised. We can start off kind of shaky, like I always say. We can come up. But, but even sometimes I would say, man, I don't know if they're going to ever be, become anything. And they become something beautiful. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? People will surprise you. And they will move into that as long as they keep coming out. And God is making us into that mighty people that he's calling us to be. We need, if we're going to be people of influence, we need to focus on people's purpose. I'm closing here. In Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece 
He, we are a, uh, he has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we, so we have to understand this, that people have purpose. If we're going to be people of influence, we need to focus on the process we need, and, and not the problems. Amen? Jesus talks about this way in, in Luke 6, 37, 38. Do not judge others and you will not be judged, not condemn others. And, and it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for, for more. Running over and pour it into your lap. The amount you give will be determined to the amount that you get back. So this is a new living translation. It says, judge, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others and you or it will all come back against you. So what am I saying to you today as I close? I'm saying that we need to be people of love. We need to be people that 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 allows. We need to be people that go the extra mile. We need what I mean by that is when people do us wrong, we need to go the extra mile of love. We need to do the extra mile of forgiveness. We need to do the extra mile of allowances. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And when we do that, we'll find that our relationship with God will flourish and our relationship with others will flourish. Did you receive it this morning? Did you receive it? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you. That you're so good and merciful. I thank you, Father God, for this series of amazing love. And Father, I thank you that you have amazing love for each one of us. And I thank you, Father God, that we receive that amazing love through forgiveness of sins so that we could have full throttle relationship with you. I thank you that that full throttle relationship enables us not only to love you, but to love others that are unlovely. And perhaps you're here in the audience and perhaps you're watching online and you know that you need to have the love of God in your life. You need to bring God's love in your life and you haven't fully surrendered your life to God. Well, today is a day of salvation and God's love can come into your life and radically change it. Amen. So I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.